So today we want to talk about uh, heavenly realities and um, prophetic symbols. And the heavenly reality that I want to talk about, Lord, come. Lord, come with your spirit. Holy Spirit, open up these things to us, what's happening in heaven. Last time we talked about Nathaniel. Maybe I'll go there. Um, we talked about John 1. Uh, we talked about Nathaniel being um, kind of something that was prophesied over me. And Nathaniel was there, and um, well, maybe I'll read it. Nathan uh, so Jesus came up to him. Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God descending and ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And, and that last time I was talking about how this was spoken over me, kind of one of the early prophetic words that was spoken over me when we entered into the prophetic. And... Um, how it felt like it was really accurate because I was a person who was like uh, just um, kind of really anal about being conscientious and following the rules and uh, which I don't know I don't know what that means uh, I don't know if that's exactly what God was talking about the more I think about it and, uh, I'm not sure if that's what made the prophetic word accurate um, but it was funny how I didn't really think about the second part of this and how Jesus told that to Nathaniel. And it was kind of, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like Nathaniel, where, you know, just being impressed by small things. And, like, this small prophetic word, I mean, it's not small, right? Like, it's Jesus giving this prophetic word. Um, and then Jesus saying, don't be impressed by the small things. You know, like, there's going to be bigger things coming. And um, how in some ways... Nathaniel was just so happy with the small things, he didn't even have a vision for the bigger things. And I think that uh, in my life, I have uh, had this walk where I've uh, focused on the whispers, focused on the signs, kind of liked being the detective. And I think that we need to uh, develop that in our lives, like understanding symbolism, understanding kind of the whispers of God. Um, but I want us to have a vision for more. I want us to have a vision for the, for the bigger things of God that he has planned for us. Uh, I don't want to be happy. I want to be excited about and I want to be thankful for the small things. I want to be excited and thankful for the whispers of God. They're so important and I don't want to make it sound like I'm not. Um, I'm just coming from a place where that was... Uh, I was so thankful for those things that I missed the bigger things. Or... I don't want to be too hard on myself. Those things weren't awakened in me in that season. And I think that God is calling, uh, calling us to bigger things, calling us to heavenly realities. Um, this morning, I was praying in uh, the pre-service prayer, and um, I got taken to um, Acts 1. And you could argue maybe that this is what Jesus was talking about, although we don't, I don't think we have a record 
I think it's pretty clear we don't have a record of everything that happened to the disciples or Nathaniel. But this might be what he was talking about, which is the ascension. When Jesus was, when heavens opened, and at the end of his ministry, Jesus rose up into heaven, and then there were angels there, and uh, talking to the disciples about what had happened. I mean, you could imagine that that was maybe what Jesus was talking about. You will see the heavens open and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Again, I don't know that that's exactly what he was referring to because there's lots of things that could happen that we don't know about in those times. But, you know, this could be one of them. And the other thing that he he drew me to uh, as kind of a heavenly reality uh, today was uh, the two witnesses in Revelation 11. And I don't know if you know about the two witnesses. Um, They're very important today. Uh, because we're coming up to Rosh Hashanah. And um, the plan for today was to talk about all of these Jewish festivals. And the Jewish festivals are something that I've been interested in for quite a while and I've been learning about more recently because it feels like God is highlighting them. And uh, we went to uh, uh, Folklest? Folklorama, sorry. Folklorama, we went to the Jewish pavilion and on the way home I was like, boy, we really got to think about these Festivals and and um, and then we had uh, somebody coming over and they were talking about anyway. It just was really aligning with that and it felt very prophetic that God was bringing this all together. I've also been wanting to talk about the end times and I haven't been able to for whatever reason. Not feeling prepared, not feeling like things are ready for some reason again. That whispers of God and it's so funny because uh, unbeknownst to me, the season of Rosh Hashanah and the fall festivals, the fall Jewish festivals, are actually end times festivals. So this is, in the, in the Jewish calendar, the season of the end times. Um, just like the Easter, there's uh, three festivals in the fall, four festivals, there's more than that in, in the Jewish tradition, but in the biblical uh, festivals that are kind of timeless, there's three in the fall, and there's four in the spring. And the, the ones in the spring are, have all been uh, pointing to the first coming of Jesus, and they've all been fulfilled, and they haven't just been fulfilled, they were fulfilled on the day. Jesus fulfilled the festivals on, the meaning of the festival was fulfilled on the day of the festival. It's incredible. Um, Pentecost happened on Pentecost. You know, like that was a, 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 fest, a Jewish festival. They, they were gathering for a reason. And so the meanings associated with those festivals uh, were actually fulfilled on those days. And the days that we are coming up to, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, these festivals all point to the end times, and they have not been fulfilled. Um, now you're supposed, you might be thinking, hey Cyrus, we don't know the day or the hour. Well, it's interesting that you say that. We actually don't know the day of the, or the hour of Rosh Hashanah. Isn't that interesting? We can't know the day or the hour of Rosh Hashanah. We know the season, but we don't know the day or the hour. It starts, I believe, on Friday, and it ends on Sunday. It's one day. Why is it two days? It used to be one day, then they made it two, then they made it, I don't know, it seems to be four now. But why do they make it so many days? Because we don't know the day or the hour. Rosh Hashanah starts when two witnesses see the new moon. And we don't know when that's going to happen. It's hard to see. A new moon, if you know what a new moon is, it means you can't see it. A new moon, is like a full moon is like when you see the full circle, right? Uh, and then there's a half moon, quarter moons. A new moon means it's all dark. You can't see it. So when they see the new moon, they're seeing a very small sliver 
And when you see the new moon, it's hard to see because it's just a sliver. It's also hard to see because sometimes the moon only is up for a few minutes before sunrise comes or something like that. So you need to have two witnesses to see this to actually... And when they see that, they blow the trumpet. And that's the biblical command that's right in the Old Testament, to blow the trumpet when they see the new moon. But we don't know when it's coming. It could be multiple days, but we do know the season. And Jesus said, just like the fig tree, you're going to know when it's coming. When the, tend, when the shoots are tender, you're going to see the end times coming. So when, they, when you say, I don't know the day or the hour, that doesn't mean that you can relax. We know Rosh Hashanah is coming. We actually know fairly certain, in a fairly close proximity when we're getting there. But we don't know the day. And we don't know the hour. Isn't that interesting? Paul talked about the, about the festivals as being shadows of things to come. The shadows of things to come. The actual word in Hebrew for these festivals means the gathering. The, and there's another word that, that is used, and it actually means rehearsal. This is a rehearsal. These festivals were rehearsals for things to come. And they weren't like vague rehearsals. They were specific practices that had symbols. So that might mean, well, how do you know what a symbol means? Well, because God explains what they mean. So he's speaking in his language, but it's very specific. It's actually on the day. So we are in the season of the end times. Now, when uh, Constantine came in the first and second centuries, the uh, Christian faith was, um, I don't know how to say this, um, the Jewishness of the Christian faith was taken out. The Jewishness was removed by Constantine and, by, and for a couple centuries, maybe a century before that. The Jewishness of the Christian faith was removed. And, um, I mean, I can understand this in a way because it's hard to understand the difference between a cultural practice and a religious practice. I mean, I'm Mennonite, and I remember growing up and being like, well, what's Mennonite and what's Christian? You know, it's like they're kind of intertwined, especially in Mennonite, because anything cultural was like shunned because there was this belief around Christianity where you're not allowed to have anything cultural. No paintings, no nothing. You know, like it's just religion. So basically our culture, aside from Christianity, is folding sheets. Like that's it. Like, you know, you, you do the dance. If we have like folklorama, we have food. We have folding sheets, and then we have Christianity. That's it. Um, maybe, maybe some different types of clothing. You know, like, so that, that's it, because everything was shunned, right? So if you take away Christianity from being Mennonite, uh, or if you, if you try to understand what Christianity was without the Mennonite, you can make mistakes. So when they were trying to understand what Christianity was and what the Jewishness was, when they really wanted to distill, I, I don't, I'm not... I mean, you could, you could get down on Constantine, and maybe he didn't have always the best motives, but I can understand the idea of kind of purifying a faith, right? It's like, well, let's get, you know, what, what's the actual faith here, right? What's the actual faith? What are the things that are just something that we're a part of a people, and what are the things that are of God? And it's interesting to actually look, let me just find it here, um, the festivals are called oh shoot, this is what happens when you go into a sermon out of order you can't find your passages uh, they're called the, the um, festivals of the Lord they're not called um, here we go Leviticus 23 verse 2 
Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, These are the appointed feasts of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy convocations. Convocation means gathering. Holy convocations. They are my appointed feasts. So you can come out of um, you know, folklorama and be like, okay, well, this is Jewish, you know. Um, this is a Jewish tradition. But they're not, like some things maybe are, you know. That, you know, when I start to wade into the festivals, there's a lot of things in there that have been added by people based on where they've been and where they've gone, where the Jews have gone since they got these festivals that aren't part of those festivals. And so we do need to be careful to separate. So I have sympathy for Constantine trying to separate. But these festivals themselves are festivals of the Lord. They're festivals of the Lord. Now, does that mean that you have to celebrate them? I don't think so. I don't think you have to do that. Um, but if we want to go into heaven and know what's happening in heaven, I think we need to look at this. These were God's ideas, and they're not all fulfilled. So, as part of these things, there's two witnesses. You have to see the new moon, and that's when they blow the trumpet. And I was reading about the two witnesses, and this is kind of what it says about them. I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days. It goes on to say, These are the two olive trees. This is in Revelation 11, uh, verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours out from their mouths and consumes their foes. goes on to, you know, to all these other things that they can do. And, uh, and then the, when they're finished prophesying, the beast will actually consume them and they'll be in the streets. And they will rise again and it will cause fear. These are going to be powerful, two powerful, powerful people that come at one point in the end times. And it says in verse 4, there are two olive trees and two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord. They stand before the Lord. And they have this huge purpose in the Lord, and they stand before him. We need to learn from this. We need to learn from this time, the season that we're in. And when I was reading this, I was thinking about Nathaniel. I was thinking about how uh, God was like, don't be impressed. You're going to stand and you're going to see the Son of Man ascend and descend. And I feel like we are called to stand before the Lord. There are things that are going to be happening in the earth where it's great to get whispers and I think you could, pr I don't know. But I feel like we're a people who are called to stand before the Lord, to not just see the evidence of what's happening around us, but to actually see where these things are coming from. To actually understand in heavenly realities what's happening and what needs to happen and where uh, these things are coming from 
in order to be able to discern what we're to do and even just to be there to be able to, to operate in what we're supposed to operate in. And part of that is understanding what's happening in heaven. Now, when you... Here, pass me the, the trumpet. This is the fun part. Okay. So this is a shofar. This is a... Uh, isn't that fun? Amazon. <laughs> you can buy a shofar made in Israel. Anyway, you can get a shofar. It's nice to get a longer one. They're easier to play, apparently. And uh, these trumpets, uh, it's a, it is a trumpet. It's actually the horn of a ram. You can get uh, different types. Um, and uh, the, the, probably the most meaningful trumpet blast in the Bible is Matthew 24. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect. This is Matthew 24, 31. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And um, that's the, the rapture. That's the rapture. Now, there are, you don't really argue about the rapture. The rapture is going to happen. There's a lot of arguments about the rapture, about how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen in particular. The when of the rapture is hotly debated. You know, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. Not going to get into that today, but uh, we will. We will get into that at one point, but uh, not today. So, but the actual occurring of the rapture is not debated. Well, not seriously. I'm sure there's somebody out there who would debate it, but um, the the rapture is this convocation. It's this bringing together of, of people from from the earth. It's kind of bringing them up into the heavenlies, and. Uh, and he will send out his angel with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And we don't know when this is going to happen. We don't know the day, and we don't know the hour. Now, the trumpet was used uh, in lots of things in, in Israel. It's a symbol of kind of sounding an alarm. It's a, it's a symbol of a time of joy. It's a symbol of breaking camp. Coronation of a new king. I think that's interesting with the rapture. Coronation of a new king. Dedication of the temple. Solomon blew, had this, or I don't know, sure, had the, had the, the trumpet was blown at the uh, building of the, the dedication of Solomon's temple. So it's a meaningful symbol. Whew. It means so much. And and I believe that it's going to be blown in heaven. And I believe that we need to know what that's going to look like. We need to know when it's... Oh, I'm just talking now. Lord, be here. Can we all stand together? Ooh, let's stand together. Lord, help us to stand before you. Oh, let's all just speak in tongues. 
Lord, let us stand before you. Bring us before the throne. Enter into your heavenly presence. Let your fire fall. The two witnesses stood before you. Two witnesses stood before you. I was feeling these wings of, of angels wrapping around this place, kind of in this protective, protective stance around us this morning. Lord, open up your open up what's happening in heaven. Open up what's happening in heaven. <laughs> this is where I want to be. Oh, I got up here to speak, and it's like this isn't where I want to be. Oh, this is where I want to be. I want to go back. We can carry this everywhere. Yes. Oh, we can carry this everywhere we go. Yeah. Oh, get us out of our minds. Lord, bring us into your reality. Help us to understand. Just the stuff. It's like, it was in the seventh month. It's like, oh, the seventh day, like... No, sorry, Rosh Hashanah is on the, in the beginning of the seventh month. It's like the day of completion. Oh, Lord, you have designed it all. All this stuff. You just bring it together. Lord, empower us. Help us to see what you're seeing. Give us the more. Empower us like you empowered the two witnesses. Lord, that's not just for them. It's... I mean, they have their assignment and we have ours. I get that. But Lord, you have a reality of standing before you. Being these burning lampstands that can just stand before you and be filled up with oil. Be filled up with your assignments as we go. As we go here, as we go there. Bring us into heaven right now. Bring us into heaven right now. It's a real place. It's a real place. Lord, you have heavenly realities. You're playing out. Like, I believe that time just escapes. It's just, it's not a part of heaven. Like, it's, these dramas unfold. This drama of, uh, of the, of your coming back, of the trumpet being blown. Lord, you can show that to us right now. Lord, we can rehearse it. Oh, yeah. Lord, help us to rehearse it. Lord, you can help us to see it in advance. Lord, this is what we're here for. Here for more of you. If you want to sit, you can sit. If you want to keep standing, you can stand. Lord, we're just going to be in your presence. You know what? I'm gonna blow this thing. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna turn off my mic though. <laughs> hmm.
Isn't that an interesting sound? It's not the sound of our trumpet. It's his trumpet. That is, his, that is his trumpet. That is his trumpet. It's a call to war. When you want to know what the trumpet is going to sound like, it's not going to be a brass band. Ooh, it's not going to be a brass band. When you're listening for heaven, oh, it's the sound of a ram's horn. I'm not sure. Ooh. So, oh, these, these festivals, I want to celebrate these festivals. Um, I don't want it to be a have-to. I don't want it to be a thing that you have to do. I want it to be a thing that we do because we want to understand Him. I want it to be a season in Maplecrest of the end times. We go through Rosh Hashanah, which is the rapture. We go through Yom Kippur, which is this kind of time of forgiveness. It's time of atonement. It's so interesting that it's actually the judgment of God when the books are going to be opened. Lord, you have given us these symbols. You've given us these festivals in order to help us. I was thinking about it before. I was thinking about how um, in psychology I always talking to people about different styles of learning. We measure different types of learning. We measure, um, you know, like learning mainly through verbal stuff or learning through visual uh, we don't measure music learning and things like that, so we kind of tell people that. And we say, everybody learns differently. One thing that we don't uh, talk to people about is learning through eating. <laughs> but God, maybe that's my way of learning, I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> it's like God has this whole other way of learning of like, how am I going to teach my people about my ways? How am I going to give my people my ways? And he set up feasts. He set up ways, he set up eating as a way of actually teaching people about the things that are coming. And we've missed it. Uh, we've, we've taken them and we've kind of morphed them into different things. I mean, we have our festivals, we have Easter and things like that, but they've been morphed. They've been uh, changed, um, you know, from what they were supposed to be. Uh, and I think we can keep all of those traditions that we have, but I want to not just talk about what God did. I want to talk about the the prophetic history. Because if we want to understand how to be prophetic, we should look at how God is prophetic. We should look at how he's actually fulfilled his prophecies and how he speaks to us. And he speaks to us in these kind of, in these symbols uh, and these practices. And, um, and we need to be able to kind of understand that and to celebrate it and to really uh, kind of sit in it so that when we're prophetic, we can understand you know, how that works and, and where that's going. He paints these pictures for us. One thing that's important is that um, in Colossians it says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in the questions of food and drink or with regard to the festivals, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These things, so we're not supposed to judge each other on these things, and I don't want that to enter into the church. 
Um, but he also says these are shadows of the things to come, and the substance belongs to Christ. So I don't want to also distract from the substance of these things. I mean, he gives us these festivals to tell us and give us emphasis on what's really important, which is the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Those are the really important things. We can lose sight of that in the comings and goings. But he gives us these festivals to recalibrate us, to let us know what's really important, how we can understand God from when he visits us in the past and in the future. But we don't want to take away from the fact that these things are going to happen. And we don't want to take away from... um, from the substance, that the substance belongs to Christ and that these festivals are just shadows. So if I could call music up. Lord, I love you. I thank you for uh, speaking to us. I pray, Lord, that you would, that you would give us more, that you would help us to seek after how to live in your presence. You've given us, uh, you've given us this call to go after more. You've given us this call to, to stand before you like these two witnesses. And uh, you want us to press into that. You want us to understand it. And I pray that you would uh, help us to not be satisfied with where we are at now. Because I could feel you pushing us, pushing me to kind of stand in the presence of, of God and to see things. You're going to open up heaven for this congregation, for everybody here.